0: If you're choosing to follow along in a Pew Bible this morning, turn to page 992. The scripture reading this morning is Luke 2 21 through 35. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what had been said about him, Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. It's good to see you and be with you. This morning we come to this really interesting story uh, of Simeon. Like you, for many weeks I have been walking through Advent and hearing the story again with anticipation and preparation, getting ready for the Savior to be born Uh, It was so good just a few days ago to be together and to celebrate that indeed our Savior has come, the real Christmas story. Um, But it's fun to think this morning about what happens after that Savior has been born because the story doesn't stop there, does it? Uh, it, It's just beginning, in fact. Uh, And so next week, we will celebrate Epiphany, Uh, The day that we remember the Magi coming and bringing their gifts, and of Herod's coming persecution. Uh, Today, though, I want to look and think a little bit about Simeon, who we're told is righteous and devout, and that he had waited his whole life for this moment. He had been waiting a long time. Uh, Thanks, Amy, for reading that. I mean, this is a bizarre encounter, isn't it? Uh, for Mary and Joseph. I mean, imagine this. Our text tells us that they marveled at what happened that day in the temple courts. Uh, and of course they did. Imagine taking your child. You know it's time for dedication. You t- it's time for your purification rites after your child has been born. That pesky labor and delivery can make you unclean. <laughs> and so you have to go to the temple at least 40 days later and present an offering and bring your child, dedicating them to the Lord. And so Mary and Joseph show up. They are there with their offering and their son. And it says that Simeon, this old, devout, righteous man, is prompted by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple that day. And he grabs their child, (laughs) praises God, and basically exclaims, this is what I have been waiting my whole life for. That God's salvation is here. I can die in peace now. I mean, how bizarre is that? And if that's not enough, he then turns to Mary. And he says, you need to know that this child is going to be responsible for the falling and the rising of many. He's going to be spoken against. And somehow his life is going to serve to reveal what's really in the hearts of people. He's going to expose the truth. Oh, and Mary, this is going to pierce your own soul. (laughs) Okay. And even if Mary and Joseph are getting used to this, I mean, there have been some odd things that have happened, right? A very bright light has been present for a while. Uh, They have had random strangers show up unannounced. Angels have spoken. A lot of weird dreams, right? I mean, this is bizarre. But I don't think you ever get used to this. Of course they marveled. I actually think that's a very nice and polite way of saying they were probably very overwhelmed. Uncomfortable, surprised, confused. Teenagers would say they're shook. No teenagers in here? All right, sorry, youth ministry. Uh, it's, it's no wonder, though, that they marveled at Simeon's words. I mean, this is overwhelming. But what, what did he mean? What was happening here? I think it's important that we have to remember that Israel has a long history of being in trouble. And they're in trouble again. The strong arm of the Roman Empire controls everything. 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 And even though they're historically familiar with failure, exile, slavery, persecution, their own messy failures again and again, I mean, things are very difficult for them under Roman rule. They are worried that God has forgotten them. It has been hundreds of years that a prophetic voice has spoken to the people. I mean, they're sure that God has abandoned them. They're trying desperately to hold on to their faith and their tradition, but they're wondering, has has he finally given up on us? (laughs) Where is God this time? I mean, we've heard the promised Messiah is coming, but how long? How long, O Lord? When will Israel be comforted? When will Israel be consoled? And it's here that we find Simeon, He's waited his whole life for this. His whole life. He can die in peace now. Somehow, Luke tells us, he knew that he would see the promised Messiah. Somehow he knew that would happen before he died. And now the child is here. He's waited. You know, in a couple days we will hit 2020. I don't know how you're feeling about that. It's a new year. It's also a new decade. Man. And I think it um, can be important at your end to stop and reflect and to stop and think about what has life been like for us the last year, the last decade even? I mean, what have you been waiting for? it can be important to you know set and keep resolutions, to think about what we're hoping for and what we plan to do next year or even over the next 10 years. But this morning, I want us to just think about what it is we're waiting for. What have you been waiting for? Because we're all waiting much of our life, aren't we? we we're waiting for the coffee to brew and for traffic to clear, and for the report card to come in, and for the snow to fall. But we're also waiting, like Simeon, for comfort and consolation, right? For bigger things. Some of us are waiting for lab results, or the doctor to call. We're waiting for the right job or the promotion. We're waiting for our kids to be okay. We're waiting for a new pastor. We wait around for someone that's hurt us to say they're sorry. We wait for the anxiety to go away. (laughs) We wait to hear that we're in remission We wait for retirement. We wait for a new election year. We wait for good friendships. We wait to be forgiven. We wait for things to heal, maybe for the grief to lessen. We wait for life to just be okay again. what have you been waiting for? And in your waiting, have you become discouraged? Maybe even hopeless? Maybe even angry because things haven't worked out like you thought they would or should? I mean, is it possible, I know it's true for me, that sometimes the things we're waiting for Take such a large focus in our life that I can forget I'm waiting for the God who knows me and loves me. Not just what I'm hoping for. Maybe have you begun to resent God for how the timing is going in your waiting? Israel was waiting too, they didn't understand what was taking so long, they were tired. They looked around at how bad it was, how unsettled everything was, and it seemed like God had dropped the ball. They felt Rome and the pressure, the squeeze of empire upon them, and they had to wonder had God abandoned them. You know, it's interesting, they'd been waiting so long that when the Messiah did indeed show they become so fixated on what it was they thought they were waiting for that they didn't even recognize him. Jesus didn't turn out to look like what they thought he would. And I wonder if sometimes that happens for us too. God shows up and we might not even notice. Yet yeah, in the midst of this, I think this is where we find Simeon. Waiting with a really, really different posture. A really different posture. His eyes are fixated on Christ. His soul is not relying on his own feelings, his own fears, his own experience, his own desires, but on the promise that God's Spirit is at work and in control. Even in the long wait, he stays faithful, like devout, committed to what he believes is true about what God says he's doing. The Messiah will come. He roots himself in the truth of that promise, even when it looks like all is lost, even when it looks like Israel has been abandoned. And because of his posture, because of the way he waits he recognizes the messiah in the temple courts that morning he recognizes jesus when he shows up and i think this text just begs like what is the posture of our waiting have we maybe forgotten that god is still faithful our discouragement, our impatience, our frustration, has it gotten the better of us this last year? Or maybe we're so sure we know what we need and what we want that we've lost sight of who it is we desperately need. Would we even recognize the Messiah? How do we fix our gaze on Christ like Simeon did? How do we shift the posture of our waiting? Really, really trusting in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Believing that God is indeed at work, even when it sure doesn't look like it. Um, One of my favorite books um, is the Book of Lamentations. I know it's a little dark to be a favorite, but it is. Uh, Basically, a little book of lament. It's chocked full with, you know, some dark poetry, the heavy emotions, protest, pain, a lot of like shaking your fist at the sky kind of writing. Uh, it's been a it's been a close companion of mine the last number of years as our family has endured plenty of suffering. But this little book, amidst all its pain, suffering. Lamentation, the book turns in a little section in chapter 3. The whole book hinges right in the middle of chapter 3. In the middle of the crying out, the pain, the frustration, the author reinterprets human suffering, basically lays out the posture of waiting. Lamentations 3, 19 through 24 says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness, the gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion's never fail. Never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Can you see that distinct difference? Even in the pain, even in the confusion, the follower of God chooses to see the waiting and the suffering through a very distinct lens. This is a different posture. Even when all seems lost, still I root myself in the truth that God is faithful and can be trusted. I believe to root myself in the promise that God is love and he is bringing love, even when it might look like the darkness is winning even when I'm discouraged, and it's taking too long. Even then, I say, God is faithful, your mercies are new every morning. I will wait for you. But did you notice what Simeon said to Mary? I mean, this is the important part of this, right? He did not say to Mary, and Mary, by the way, it's great news. Rome's going to be defeated, and Israel's going to rejoice, and it's all going to be easy and happy, and it's, it's worked itself out. The pain is done. It's going to be just like you hoped. It, I, unfortunately, that just wasn't the message. <laughs> no. He looked at Mary, and he said, this child will cause the falling and rising of many. He's going to expose everything. People are going to speak out against him, and your own heart will break. And we have history on our side, so we know Simeon was right, don't we? (laughs) We know that Jesus exposed everything and everyone. We know Jesus loved so fully and so completely, so recklessly, that it would get him murdered young in front of Mary. The Messiah did come. Jesus was indeed born, and it did redefine everything. All of human history pivoted because of this redemption because death and sin and pain were swallowed up in resurrection victory. But it sure didn't happen like most people hoped it would. And like Simeon and Mary and Israel and all of us, the whole world, still we wait for so many things that matter to us and matter to our God but we also wait for the return of Christ to come and make it new. Make life okay again. Usher in the kingdom of God in its fullness. We wait. And so what are you waiting for? Our God is faithful. We're told God's mercies are new every day God has not left you or me while we wait God might not be working on the same timeline that we are and that might be discouraging that might even be excruciating but how we wait and what we wait for is incredibly important. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Great is his faithfulness. Amen.